Prescott area is bursting with creative talent. We don't have to tell you that. Painters, sculptors, jewelers, musicians, and even theater abound. We enjoy a wealth of traditional arts and cultures, and today we get to talk with a creative crew that is taking it to the next level with two different projects. One branch of their endeavors is the Five Senses magazine and webcast. The magazine is published by John Duncan and is available for free at locations all over town. It showcases our wealth of local talent in the arts, literature, politics, and the sciences while advocating for a connected community. The webcast, hosted by Robert Zinni, features intimate, unconventional interviews with local and regional luminaries, thinkers, and change makers. John and Zinni also collaborate, collude, conspire across media and the community in an inventive new kind of performance. The TBD show is part sketch comedy, like Saturday Night Live, part experimental film company, and part community instigator. Based at the Thumb Butte Distillery, the TBD crew brews up its own unique recipe of entertainment that you can enjoy live, in person, or online from the comfort of your home. Get ready in this episode to meet the minds behind Five Senses and the TBD show. Welcome to the Prescott Woman Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Fippin Museum, a preeminent museum of Western art right here in Prescott. For information and hours, go to fippinartmuseum.org. We're also brought to you by Northland Cares. Charles, had you heard that in 2019, Yavapai County new cases of HIV went up 275%? Yeesh. The actual numbers aren't huge, but that's a staggering increase and reminds us to stay informed, to stay safe. It turns out that 85% of new HIV infections in women are from unprotected heterosexual sex, so women need to be informed too. If you are concerned that you might have been exposed to any STI, contact your primary health care provider. If you're not comfortable doing that, please call Northland Cares. They're a specialty health care provider who cares about you and the community. Call Northland Cares at 928-776-4612 today or visit northlandcares.org to find out about testing, treatment, and education. All right. Let's get local. Hello and welcome to the Prescott Woman Podcast. I'm here with my intrepid co-host. I keep saying, I'm just, I'm just the technical guy. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what they all say. (laughs) (laughs) That's how, that's how I picked you up, didn't I? uh, That's right. That was my pickup line. Yeah, exactly. And we are here today with the Five Senses team. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, Hi, my name is John Duncan, and I'm the publisher of Five Senses and owner, um, which means that it's Five Senses, the magazine, and also the webcast, which has the host. I'm Robert Zinni, the host of the Five Senses webcast. And we have been doing it for, I want to say, probably two years now. Yeah, two years in February. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. you. That's no small accomplishment. No, I think you've got the webcast has how many episodes? I think we're up to either 50 or 54. Yeah. Very cool. And while we're, while we're talking about the webcast, I was wondering if you guys could explain to our audience what exactly a webcast is and how do they experience your webcast? Well, uh, everybody can go on to fivesensesmag.com to be able to check out any of the latest 
webcasts that we have and just basically the difference between a podcast and a webcast is a visual aspect of it. So it's us in the studio, C-Flexion Studio, which is owned by Andy Dennis. Um, and he allows us to use his space to be able to do a video cast of our interviews. So whether it's like science, uh, sports, artists, politics, politics when it's a, a campaign year, we get them in for like five to six questions, have a little bit of fun with them, but really get to the core of who they are. That's great. One of the things I noticed about the webcast is just, you know, the, the video quality and the audio quality are really high. You guys, this is not a rinky dink uh, in your bedroom. <laughs> cable channel. Uh, cable channel. Local, local yeah, access yeah, yeah, yeah. cable. Yeah. And, and Zinni bring a lot of, a lot of energy to it. I really appreciate that. But just to, just to back up for a second to, you know, the, the, the magazine came first, right. And just curious, John, what made you create an arts and culture magazine and how have you kept it going when, you know, print is, you know, a lot of local magazines, a lot of local newspapers are really struggling. I, and I agree. Everybody thought I was crazy. The little history of uh, behind it is that Five Senses was uh, established in 2013, and then I ended up purchasing it in um, 2018. It was a cultural magazine, and it was very small. There was only really one person that was writing the articles and everything under different pseudonyms. Yeah, cheating. Yeah, well, I mean, but it, it was it, it was a cultural magazine of its time, and he he was capable of doing it on a small scale. And so when I, when he told me, because I was one of his advertisers, I was advertising at the time my drag shows, because I've been doing drag uh, shows, producing it, not performing it in Prescott since 2014. He was the only publication that never had a problem about me advertising in it. So I wanted to encourage that business and and give him um, uh, all my advertising money and everything like that. And so we created a really good friendship and he decided to move to Thailand. So I ended up purchasing it from him um, in uh, 2018. And then after that, I've been developing other things like the webcast. Of course, you know, COVID really pushed that element because I've not stopped working since uh, 2020. And, and I will continue to work because it's considered by good old Governor Ducey as a uh, what do you, what do they call it? Like that? Essential. Essential. Yes. It's essential. Yes. Business. So I haven't stopped working. And, and what happened is, is that we forced more of the things that I was wanting to like wait a year on, you know, to update it where it would have more of an online presence. And what happened was, is that I was going to originally be the host because I was talking to my friend, Brandon um, Gabaldon. Uh, he is, has been a friend of mine for um, almost 20 years. I mean, 15 years now. And so it's just kind of what, how long, like 10, 10 years? Yeah. Eight, 10, 10, eight, 10 years, nine, nine. So do you have a, do you have like a math column in the five senses <laughs> magazine? I'm guessing, I'm guessing not. It's not math. We stay away from a- a- academics. Um, but anyway, so we, we were trying to come up with ideas to increase the amount of uh, web exposure and everything like that. And I was talking to my friend, Brandon, and we were going to do a podcast and then it developed into a webcast. And I wanted more freedom to be able to create an identity, uh, with the webcast, which is why Zinni stepped in and, um, became the host. 
So tell us a little bit about your partnership with Prescott Women Magazine. Did that start with the old regime or is that something that started with when you took over? So I've known Brief pretty much for a really long time. I've known her mom for ever since, like she was my librarian at my elementary school. So um, we already had kind of a friend, I mean, um, acquaintance, and it's only built stronger because we're two of the most independent uh, magazines in Prescott. And I want to support that as much as possible because I believe that, you know, the community of Prescott and the biggest thing that we have is to be able to work together and overlap as much as we can, because there is no real competition when it comes to magazines or news or anything. We can all do this together, just give different point of views. And one of the things that separates a lot of my articles away from other articles that um, other publications, and I think Prescott Women does the same, is, is that they show the people that are behind the curtain. They show the people that are actually doing the work, uh, the doers of Prescott. And those are huge attributes that um, are strengths of our culture that keep it going and enriching it. And we want to support those people as much as possible. That's great. John, we joked about a math column and, and you made it clear that you, you have a science uh, bent to the five senses magazine as well as a cultural, cultural bent. What are some of the, what are some of the articles and columns that you're, that you're really proud of that you think makes five senses stand out? So we've created a lot of partnerships. Like for instance, we created a partnership with the Audubon Society. We also created a partnership with the Astronomy Club of Prescott. And they provide us a column so that people will be able to at least be connected to those specific attributes of our culture. We also try to work with other nonprofits and get articles that have to do with nature, hiking. And those are specific things that have to do with science too, because that gives us a little bit of a point of view of what's, how things are changing what it is that is changing about the trails and everything like that. Like for instance, this upcoming April, we're going to be focusing on a lot of issues that have to do with, with Earth Week, events about Earth Week, and also uh, creating uh, a bond with that culture in, in Prescott because we are all concerned about our future, especially when it comes to water issues. Sometimes that makes us a little bit of political. And we all, like, for instance, uh, Zinni has got some coming up. that we're Patrick Grady from Northern Arizona Climate Change Coalition. And that'll be our third time interviewing him. And, um, you know, it sucks that, like, issues like climate change has to be politicized because it's about um, how can we be sustainable in our community? And, you know, coming from the East Coast, coming out here, it's like, why would anybody expand population in a dry desert. And so those are the kind of like topics that I like to explore with uh, the people that are more like the science spent. And I, I feel like we do a good job, at least on the webcast of trying to take out the politics, unless if there's a candidate coming on and wanting to explain their platform. But even if we do have a politician, we talk about more of them as an individual rather than talking about where they're campaigning. Yeah. So like uh, my favorite interview, uh, I worked really hard to get Mark Kelly, the Senator on our show and uh, it was like back and forth for like three months. And they finally he was like, you got 20 minutes from the time he logs on for the time he gets out 20 minutes. And uh, I didn't even bring up his campaign because I just wanted to talk to an astronaut. <laughs> totally. You had, you had the book. I had the, I That's had the, the great thing about having a webcast. He was looking at the camera and he's like, I've read that book. Yeah. So I just had Carl Sagan up because at that time I had a nice little setup because of the, the quarantine uh, situation. And based on each guest, I would have my either my books or if it was a sports guy, I'd put like a little like 
you know, sports person up there. And I just said Carl Sagan, the, the Cosmos book that I read in college. And so like, not even after my first question, you just wanted to talk about that. I didn't talk about politics because really like the webcast is for that personal story. It's not supposed to be like, hey, please tell me about your campaign. It's like, no, we want to let our community know who you are. So therefore they can vote based on, you know, if you're a part of our community or not. Love that. Yeah, we feel the same way. We really want to get to know the people behind all of the the action, whether it's in front or behind the scenes. Uh, what have you guys found out about Prescott through all of these interviews with locals and not so locals? Uh, anything weird or surprising or amazing? And has it changed your view of Prescott at all? For me, it's just um, highlighting community members that actually make this community awesome. Like if you are outside looking in, you get a perspective of cowboy, far right. But I think the majority of the people that we've interviewed are, even if they're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, whatever, they care about this community. So there's a lot of subcultures that a lot of people don't understand in um, Prescott. And I think because we reach out to a lot of different subcultures or people who are dabbling in different arts or, you know, science or anything, it just gives you a snapshot that it is a really cool community to be a part of. And so when we highlight community members, it gives them a chance to show the face behind the person who's going to do maybe uh, Operation Deep Freeze like we did with CCJ. It could be about the um, Arizona Philharmonica uh, symphony that comes in. It could be even Andy Dennis going around his studio and he just wants people to talk about or wants people to use his AI technology of sound, you know? And uh, so I think there's a lot more creative people here than meets the eye. And then no matter what, people want the best for Prescott. And for me, the most surprising thing is no matter who's on our show, they don't want it to be developed. They don't want more people moving in. And so that's been very surprising to me that, There's just a lot of people who care about this community that want to make it great. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) I think when you end up getting to a certain people that actually live here on on an actual regular basis, it's pretty much all the same mindset. They want to see this community and culture grow beyond what other people perceive it as and, and be able to be invested into it. You know, because we interviewed Robin... Robin Allen over at PCA, um, you know, when she was having to deal with all the COVID issues and how she had to develop and come up with new concepts. Those are certain things that our community had to face. And it gives a lot of people solace. It gives a lot of people um, a chance to be able to be like, you know, this is, this is doable. This is mm-hmm. something that we can do in our community. Yeah, and recently we did a bunch of interviews with local musicians, and we'll have a summer series where we'll probably be at the Birdcage with like Nick Canuel, one of my favorites, by the way. I'm just blown away of how many great musicians are in town. Mm-hmm. Again, when you look at me, it's like cowboy town, everybody's hometown, but like there's an amazing group of people who are creative here, and that's one thing I want to push. And they overlap. We haven't interviewed him yet, but how many bands is Drew Hall in? Exactly. He's in so many different bands because all they want, all these musicians want to do is play. All they want to do is play in the sandbox with everybody else and be able to make the best music that they can. That's so inspirational. That's so groundbreaking. 
it gives us a chance to be able to actually go back to when, you know, everybody was doing songwriting and, and, um, you know, James Taylor back in the day and everything like that, and being able to come up with the whole record and writing it and doing it and doing all the instruments. They're, they're doing a great job. We'll have to, we'll have to put a list of all of these uh, folks that you're name dropping in the show notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we'll definitely put links to, to all of these interviews. And I'm really looking forward to now that I have the backstory, talking about the backstory, the backstory to your interview with, with uh, Mark Kelly. I'm really looking forward to watching that. Mm-hmm. We'll really enjoy it. And we may even make it easier on you and post it again. That'd be great. That'd oh, be yeah. Great. as always for joining us here on the Prescott Woman podcast. We appreciate you showing up to share the best of Prescott and the Quad Cities. Ladies, this is important. Did you know that sexually transmitted infections in women can be asymptomatic? That's right, no symptoms up to 75% of the time. Northland Cares recommends including a full panel STI evaluation in your annual healthcare examination. They offer a variety of harm reduction and sexual health education services, as well as STI testing and treatment. They have offices in Prescott and the Verde Valley, and they will serve you with dignity, kindness, and professionalism. No insurance? No problem. Call Northland Cares at 928-776-4612 today or visit northlandcares.org. This episode is also brought to you by the Fippin Museum, which is currently featuring the Bonnie Casey's Arizona exhibit at the James Gallery through April 17th. Find out more by calling 928-778-1385 or going online to fippinartmuseum.org. That's fippin with a P-H, artmuseum.org. And just a quick reminder that Prescott Woman Magazine is free at locations all over town. Go to prescottwomanmagazine.com slash distribution to find the location nearest you. Or, a better bet, is go ahead and subscribe at prescottwomanmagazine.com to make sure you get your issue mailed to you as soon as it comes out. Now, back to the show. So we're going we're gonna to bring in a couple of new guests who've been waiting patiently to get onto the mic. We're bringing in Temple Richards and 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 Brandon Gabaldon, who are involved with something called the TBD Show. And first of all, what is does TBD stand for? To be determined, or does it stand for Temple Brandon <laughs> Duncan? <laughs> so that's that's kind of a big joke about the show. Is I personally think it stands for to be determined because we never know what's going to happen. Uh, and this. The title comes from John Duncan (laughs) because we came up with this concept for a show and John just says, well, what about the TBD show? Uh, Because it started with Thumbie Distillery. So that's kind of the, that's the, yeah, that's the (laughs) hidden in plain sight meaning. Right. Um, But personally, I think it's to be determined or whatever acronym you come up with. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah, it seems like a really unique formula. How would you guys describe it? Well, <laughs> unique yeah. is a great way to put that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, some background. I have been friends with John for a long time, not 20 years. <laughs> um, yeah. I was originally filming the webcast. So that was kind of my contribution. I was like, well, I'm a, a 
film and television major from Scottsdale Community College. And I was totally down with the project and it was super awesome to, to go with the local community and find out more about people in the community and business owners and everything and find out how they're adapting through COVID. And it got old quick, not the actual process in the webcast itself, <laughs> but more so the five senses webcast, not yes. TV show. No, it was, you know, it was just the same story over and over, you know, COVID, how the businesses are adapting. And it was really important to do at the peak or the start of the pandemic, which feels like it's been going on for way too long. Um, yeah, which, which peak of the pandemic are you talking about? <laughs> peak one, two or, yeah. or peak Z? Maybe the second. But I was actually, I was living in Scottsdale at the time. So I was driving back and thank goodness for John and Zinni because it had some sense of sanity in my life. I was locked down there. I would come up on the weekends and film and it was like, okay, things are happening. Whereas in Phoenix, it was just like total lockdown, no matter where you went, stale for six months and I'm just stuck in my house. And anyway, I guess where I'm going with all this is we were highlighting these businesses, but we're like, let's do a funny show. That was kind of my pitch to these guys. I'm like, we're, we're creative, we're talented, we're doing this really useful webcast, but at the same time, let's just make something that people can turn their brains off and just laugh, you know? And it, it's non, that's the great thing about the show. It's non-political, it's not based in any sort of reality. <laughs> uh, it's just, a whole barrel of different um, subjects and just a whole fake version of Prescott. <laughs> like yeah. It's absurd in and of itself because it's based around Prescott. It's like if Brandon went through the looking glass. Yeah. That would be it. For sure. Uh, it's an Alice in Wonderland style show for sure. So anyway, yeah, it, it just came about of let's just do something fun and funny and here we are a year and a half later on our second season, wrapping that up. So it's been amazing. And, and from the, the recordings of the live version of it that you do at the, at TBD, the thumb butte distillery, duh, you've, you've got kind of a cult audience, a we cult following. Yeah. yeah yes, so like, do. I would say if you come to our show, it's a mixture of like um, live performances and our actors will come on and interact with me, the host. Uh, we just have Jim Adams, the great Jim Adams being the critic, who's our main villain critiquing the TVD show. But we made nine episodes so far. And like, if we have a steady crowd and it's becoming a little bit more like Rocky Horror, where like, if I come out, they'll cheer me because I'm like the, the crappy host that's becoming okay. <laughs> and then like our, um, like our kid actor Duncan, he's like somewhat a villain, but he's such a goof that people boo him. And so like Or cheer uh, or, or cheer. Or go, Aww. Yeah. And then like with Sky Daddy, his old joke is about um the ring of fire with uh, uh Johnny Cash. And after the first episode where it was like the ring of fire, every time that we say ring of fire, the whole audience will do the ring of fire. So yes, mm -hmm. we, we got a cult and we're gonna work the cult. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's fully uh participatory then. Well, oh yeah oh yeah well the last episode we actually had a fashion show <laughs> so in the episode itself they were they being the characters modeling our new merch it was a, a highlight temple yes um, and so we decided to do a live segment after that and we called four random audience participants five, five. there's that math there's that math again <laughs> 
common theme. We're all super bad at math. And eventually, begrudgingly, everyone came on stage, uh, tossed a shirt on. We played some music and they got to model our shirts. They got to be literally a part of the show in terms that they were doing a live skit right. of the film skit that we just did. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I, and I brought this up in a previous interview and I just think that it's the greatest thing that I've ever heard. Um, when we ended up doing a show and, um, and uh, sky daddy's been in our show on a regular basis. And he's like, you know, this is just the greatest thing because it's a show about a show, but it isn't a show. So you have to go to the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty much, that's pretty much what it is. Very you meta. Have to come to the live aspect of it because it's just such a great community. Right. Cause isn't part of the meta that like the bartenders are doing stuff and the, like you pull all kinds of different aspects in that are not traditionally part of a show. And I'm making air quotes around show. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, it started with just an idea for sketches, but really it's, it's a piece to highlight the community because we've been really fortunate to film uh, on the steps of the courthouse square in Raskin's jewelers, uh, public house, the point, El Gato, the local. It's been super awesome to not only work with community members that aren't traditional actors that really show up and give great performances we had a, a Scooby-Doo parody and we needed a Daphne and Temple has this great, I don't know what, I don't want to say the wrong color, red hair. <laughs> and I'm just like, Hey, you'd be perfect for this show. And again, super interested and uh, probably signed up for a lot more than she was expecting. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. When all you bring up is I've got the Scooby-Doo parody idea. You would make such a great Daphne. And then I'm playing an extra here. And then I'm being told I'm going to be the evil character's sidekick. Yeah. And six months later, the Scooby-Doo parody finally shows up. <laughs> Five episodes and one season later, and Temple's a, uh, a Next villain. Next season, uh, Temple will be one of the main casts. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that or not. So I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. So Temple, are you the only woman in this whole crazy enterprise or? In this room, but not in the show. So yes, in this room, but not the show. So Dana, she's actually uh, the first one that I know of to be a part of TBD because she does own the Thumb Distillery. Mm -hmm. Um, She is TBD. She is. She is. She is is a sassy little thing and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Who doesn't love sassy? We do have a girl that is on like our camera and sound crew. She's not in casting or anything, but as far as acting, it's just me and Dana. And Trish. And Trish. Yes. Trish. Trish Trish Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. Straight out of a comic book. Yeah. The three of us are the only women that are in the show at this point in time, which is exciting because they do need more uh, diversity, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I enjoy being able to help them create more realistic female characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Daphne- Wait, are you, sa- are you saying Daphne's not realistic? Prone Daphne is not realistic. Okay, she does not always need to be saved. She can save herself. She knows how to kick some ass. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. And there's a good scene in that show where uh, Dana has to calm down Duncan, and she actually like 
pseudo punches Duncan. So it's really good because we're going to be highlighting. Well, actually, no, there's multiple scenes where Temple is taking control and beating up people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's mean, a lot of fun. There was a time where John and Brandon called me up in the middle of them writing and they said that they needed help making just lines for this one scene. So I am like this very powerful and strong woman, but they didn't want to be offensive in any way. And I was like, okay, well, what is this scene about? And they said that I would be pinning up one of our co-workers against a wall and it happens to be my boyfriend. <laughs> so I got to pin him up against a brick wall and I got to help them make the lines for that. And in a way that it was more empowering and realistic. And it was really funny, honestly. To go back to the point earlier, so I think the most amazing thing about Prescott, no matter who you are and if you're an artist, or you're a creative person, there's really that sense of community that I was lacking in Scottsdale when I came back and we're very thankful to have sponsors such as uh, Ida at the Frame and I and Dana at the Beat Distillery that like just really believe in something that is more than themselves and more than us. This is really a project to showcase what an awesome town Prescott is. That you really set me up for this next question. What do you see a show like this doing for Prescott? I mean, we have a lot of arts and culture already, but there's nothing like what you guys are doing. What doors do you think this show could open either, you know, here in Prescott or you said it's a, a Prescott show that's for America? <laughs> what do you see this endeavor doing creatively or otherwise? So, you hit the nail on the head with Made in Prescott, Made for America. This is something that I anticipate very real uh, to be on something like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon down the road. That's totally not out of reach. Uh, on a more focused scale, we're actually thinking about performing in Phoenix, taking the show on the road, starting from scratch. But beyond that, we are actually really excited to be partnering directly with the city of Prescott. Uh, John Heine, the marketing director, and Sam Rice, who's the film commissioner, have been instrumental for getting us permits and letting us shoot in some of these locations. And currently, we are occupying the old public access channel studio space. Uh, and that is part of kind of really solidifying ourselves in the community because to John and Zinni's point earlier, there's so many fantastic musicians in town and we're the only television show being filmed and shot in town. So I think that has a place at these live events and events down at the square and even the art market. And we just kind of really want to show that Prescott has more to it than a very talented um, visual arts scene as well as musicians. But hey, we can also produce a show with Prescott natives filming, acting. I mean, all together, it's, it's all to show that we can do something pretty cool and unique. Really, we just want to make it uh, fun. We want to be the premier um, show in Prescott. And uh, we've recently been doing uh, stand-up uh, comedy nights. And so our goal is to do like one weekend or one night stand-up so we can promote us um and then the two weeks later we would have the actual event and i think the goal would be to get to the elks 
or uh, Press or Presley Center of the Arts, where we can still have that Thumbie Distillery show, but then for a greater audience, being these venues and just highlight some of the great uh, actors in town. So it sounds like a pretty complex schedule and venue and channel and all of that. So basically people just need to go pick up five senses to find out how to be part of TBD show. Right. Well, actually I'll correct you. Um, (laughs) So we have our own website, we have our own Facebook, we have our own um, way to reach out um, and see the episodes. Um, So if you go to the TBD show.com, you'll actually be able to find out about our events. There's a chart. Yeah, there's a chart. No math. Multiplication. No math. No No. math. But um, basically, we have all the details on there, and we also have um, all the previous episodes. So you can catch up on home at home with all of the episodes that we have. Great. Say it one more time. TheTBDshow.com. TheTBDshow.com. Awesome. And Temple, were you gonna were you gonna chime in about uh, where you want to see this show go? So, I mean, personally, I feel like this is something that is bigger than what maybe most people think it will be. Um, there's a lot of potential in each of us. We all strive for something larger than where we're at now, and us being a team and wanting to grow that manifested in our community and the businesses around our community. I think that we are going to be very successful. We can make Prescott very successful. And honestly, if we move on further, such as Phoenix, that we could make that successful as well, because a lot of people forget to focus on the community and the small businesses in their communities And that's really how you not only build yourself and build your brand, but you build others as well, because we are all essentially a team for Prescott. We're all a team for Arizona in the end. That's why we're all here. Mm -hmm. Most of us have grown up here our whole lives and we love this place so much that we just want to help it succeed and help the people who have made this town, this, the city surrounding it and the state as a whole, Uh, as recognizable as it is now. Um, I think that it's a small dream that's going to become a very big reality sooner than what a lot of us may think now. And that's because of the passion that we have. It is a dream project that is coming to life. And it's really exciting. And I think people around our area are also going to be excited for us. Mic drop. Yeah, we're excited for you. <laughs> She's never told me that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> way to lay it down. You would, you, Brandon, you would not believe the amount of stuff I found out about my wife while, while uh, podcasting, while, while podcasting with yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask Brandon for all the Prescott women out there, are you related to Diana at all? So sh- Diana is my second cousin. Aha. Uh-huh. She is one of the smartest people I've ever had the pleasure to listen to. I sat in on one of her talks. Uh, She was a chemist um, before. She's been so inspiring to me because she's just so smart, just all across the board. And she shifted her focus because she started writing and these characters are talking in her head and she wanted to get these stories out there. It got me 
teacher's pet unintentionally in high school. Wow. <laughs> my sophomore year at uh, Tri-City Prep, my English teacher, day one, reading out the, you know, uh, what do they call it, Zinni? The appendix. That's a lot. I've been out of school for a while. Wow. <laughs> so she's reading it out and she goes, are you related to Diana Galvin? I'm like, yes, she's my second cousin, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't do anything wrong the rest of the year. Wow. <laughs> so what's next for Five Senses in 2022 and beyond? Uh, just basically focusing on uh, um, online uh, resources. Also, just continuing to um, invest into the community and invest into ideas and supporting those people that really want to do uh, great things in this community because um, we can all live in this town and thrive in this town by doing things that we like to do. And that is one of the biggest things that keeps people away from here. Um, we see a lot of people move out of this town as soon as they turn 18. Um, Brandon is one of them. <laughs> Yes, sir. And, I and couldn't wait to get out. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> and now I'm very thankful to be back. And the thing is, is that we can actually show that the cultural side of Prescott is capable of um, sustaining great and creative things. Great. Oh, what a beautiful vision. That that's, makes my heart happy that you guys are out there doing this great work and having a blast and inviting the rest of us along with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Prescott Woman podcast. And we can't wait to see some shows. Awesome. Thank you guys for your time. Yes. This thank was you. awesome. This was awesome. And uh, we'd love to have you guys for our next our season finale, episode five, mm-hmm. which will be early April. We just have to, we filmed it all. And uh, the cool thing is we took a break because we wanted to make the show elevate to the next level. So we hired camera guys. We've got 6K cameras. And so um, episode five, which would be April something. something. It's more of a sci-fi. So it's like Game of Thrones slash Star Wars tropes. But every episode we've had, people just tell us we get better and better with the production. So like everybody should come, come out to the Thumpy Distillery. We'll have oh, yeah. a- I'm a little nervous because I, I watched Game of Thrones and I just want to, can, can you assure me that it's not going to be like the Red Wedding? Yeah, uh, that we will not be murdered. Only, only the actors in the Red Wedding <laughs> will get, uh, or only the actors in the TV show will, will um, something happen to them. We, I, we only kill puppets in the show. I am, yeah. I, <laughs> I guaranteed. You heard it here, folks. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, guys. We'll see you on Netflix. Thank you so much for listening to this hometown locally produced podcast. And just a quick reminder, pick up the latest copy of the Prescott Woman magazine at one of a score of locations around the Quad Cities and subscribe to the Prescott Woman podcast so you don't miss a thing. Find us at PrescottWomanPodcast.com and in all major podcast apps. This is Charles Matthews and Kelly Robert with the Prescott Woman Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us and for keeping it local. This podcast was produced by Rocket Feather Creative.